Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have Helena Garrett joining on our show. We interviewed her when we were out at IBS back in June, and we were fortunate enough to share a booth with her. We were all recording our podcast. She actually has one called The Six Figure Beauty Boss. And by the way, at a very young age, guys, she's already had her own salon and product line and training. So she is very busy, has her hands spinning many plates, and we were fortunate enough to be able to sit down with her and kind of pick her brain, like find out what she's about and how she got to where she's at, and also a little bit about her training and what she deals with her students and some of the common issues. So I, I think you're going to get a lot of little tips and tricks from this. It's going to be a good episode. But before we get into that, let's talk about LashCon. Yes, LashCon is here, guys. It's literally seven weeks away. And if you're listening to this right now, you are still just in time to be able to buy the tickets before they go up $100 on September 20th. So you want to, right now, if you're listening to this and it's before September 20th, you can still save yourself 100 bucks. And we have a payment plan. We can split into two payments and basically at least reduce the pain. We don't have to pay so much right now. It's only $6.98 right now, guys. So it's really affordable and you don't want to miss it. This is where you're going to get some new inspiration. You're going to get a good kick in the butt. And also, you will meet so many neat people. We have parties, events, meetups, all sorts of stuff planned for the whole weekend because we really want you to walk away with a Lash community, not just come and learn some new facts and things you can do to improve your business. That's really important. But even better, I think, is knowing that you have a community that you belong to that has your back and will support you through the thick and thin. So if you want to get tickets, go to the show notes or go to the lashconference.com or you can go to our Instagram page and click on the link there and you can go buy your tickets today. And by the way, we only have less than 25, I think, tickets for day one. That's the four-day package where you get everything. VIP ticket, you get the bonus day on Friday where you get to hear Anthony Trucks come and speak and he's going to be doing a leadership workshop and we do a mastermind and there's so much more. So you want, if you really want the full thing, like you're like, I want the Royals Royce of Lash events, then buy your day one ticket. Also guys, we have Tustin's Lash Retention course in Austin, Texas on October 16th through the 17th. That's where Tustin's going to break down and share how you can get your clients to go four weeks between appointments and really throughout the lash map. There's a whole different approach that you can go into doing lashes that doesn't require writing out the lash map and doing all that. And she's going to teach you all these principles that's going to really help you improve your technique, raise your game up so you can charge more and make more money. All right, guys, that's all I have for announcements. Now let's get into where we sit down with Lena at the IBS, an international beauty show, we'll call it, not the irritable bowel syndrome show, but it's in Vegas where we sit down with her and get to pick her brain and learn a little bit about her lash journey. We are here in the Lashcast Studios at IBS Las Vegas 2021. Woo-hoo! Yeah, <laughs> very excited. I'm here in the booth with Tusney and Helena Garrett, who is with uh, Six Figure Beauty Boss and also a sponsor at yes! Lashcon this year. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah, welcome to the show. It's so cool to see you. Yes, you too. I feel like I haven't been out doing anything for the past year, and I'm like, I just want to hug everyone. I'm like, yeah. how have you been? How's the world? How's lashing? I know. It's been crazy. <laughs> we actually had a moment when we were walking in. Of course, we were like trying to get the booth set up. So we had stuff on our mind. But we took a minute to be like, look at all the people. The gate, there was like 
probably over a thousand people just yes. waiting at the gate to get in. And it was like bad rush what they so, opened up. So, I mean, it's just really fun after a year in quarantine. And you see a lot of maskless faces. You see some people wearing masks. So, it's like great. Everyone's like kind of doing what they need to do. Yes. Yeah. And it's so nice. It is. Uh. So, Helena, you've been um, lashing for how long now? I started lashing, I think, about four and a half years ago. And so, I started my business at like 19, 20 years old. And I'm 24 now. And I just started like in a small, tiny closet size room in a back of a nail salon. And I live in Boise, Idaho. So like lashes oh, wow. were just not a not thing. thing. Yeah. And so there's maybe like five of us in the valley and we were just all doing like classics. And we were doing the classics like 15, uh-huh. you know, 16s uh-huh. on everyone. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, these look so good. And now I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's so funny. I don't know. I feel like I fell into it because I've always loved beauty but I never thought that it could actually be a career choice or like a business. All right. So I tried real estate beforehand. Like I was a job serial killer kind of where I had a million jobs before even like the age of 19. I was going to say, how's that possible? At yes, before I yeah. Literally, I, well, I got so bored. Like after two months of working for someone and I worked like in fitness and like a smoothie shack, like anywhere, I would fall in love with it. And then I felt so bored because I wanted to grow more. And of course... I mean, I was still so young, so I couldn't just, you know, go out and start something or college. Yeah. And I did try college, but to go for business. And I'm like, I suck at math. I'm like, I can't I know, do this. This is not my thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just realized one day I was actually getting my lashes done. And my lash artist was like, how about you try what I'm doing? And it just kind of clicked. I'm like, oh, that's a possibility. And I loved my lashes. And my family was like, you're just going to go to beauty school? And I'm like. Yes, I am. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, you're going to get your college degree after then. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but what if I'm sure. really good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if I succeed in this? They're yeah. like, okay, like maybe. So I went to beauty school and then started my lash business and I just fell in love with it. But I always knew that it was always more than lashes, you mm-hmm. know? And I felt like I, was, I got really good at the business side and I fell in love with the marketing and how to get clients and how to attract them. And the numbers and the profit and just growing. And I feel like lashes has always been my passion, but my true passion is just business and building and helping people with their own businesses now. And it's just been amazing because I fell in love with my clients because I felt like I was helping them through their stuff and their life. But then I realized, oh, I'm like, oh, I could help more people, though. Like, it's not just lashes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a deeper dimension. (laughs) That's really cool. I think for us, I I came to the realization about 20 years ago, too, where I was working in the film industry, and I thought that's what my life was going to be. In fact, I I told people when I was younger, like, if I'm not working in the film industry, just shoot me, you know, because this is all I felt like was completed me. But then as I got older, I began to realize, no, what I really like doing is building stuff. Yes. And building a business is building stuff. Yes. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a last product company. I mean, we started with our podcast and we realized we started thinking about the funnel, right? We started thinking we want to make the big end of the funnel to get people in. So we started thinking about marketing terms and, and then we we're going to build more digital products later as we went into it. But I actually realized that's what we love. We like the building project. It had nothing to do with film. Actually, it, could, it doesn't necessarily have to be lashes. We love it because... That's, Tussie's been doing it for almost 20 years, but 
It could have been anything. We could have been building, an, um, I don't know, like a grocery chain of, no. Well, uh, another life. <laughs> no, she's like, no, wait, that's no, not No, no, not did. grocery chain. Um, <laughs> no rotten food. One of the things that we did another lifetime ago was mm-hmm. property management. <gasps> and when we were in that, it was like, I just kind of got immersed into it. And I mean, I'm glad that we didn't end up there because it wasn't really super creative. But I did find creative things to do there. Like I, I found things about design and designing landscaping and stuff like that so it's like you can kind of make the best out of whatever you're in but I think it's even better when it's something that you really love yeah definitely find that connection what I always hear I think entree leadership says passion and competency when you find those two things I'm competent at this I'm good at this and I'm passionate about it then something magical happens because sometimes you're really passionate about something but you suck at it. It doesn't matter how passionately. Mark Cuban talks about how he wishes he was a, he loved basketball and he wanted to be a basketball player, but he would never be a basketball player. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to own a basketball team. (laughs) So at least now he has a basketball team. But so he connected his passion there somehow. And I think that's for us, but we did that with our events and stuff like that. For you now, you've moved into, you have a bunch of different things going on. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you could explain what drove you into it. Like you have a salon, I think you have products, and you're also coaching now, right? Yes. Anything else I missed there? To manage and invest. It's like having a bunch, I don't want to say a bunch of children, but it's like you have to invest in every relationship. You're the parent. You hold people accountable. You're driving them. You're encouraging them. You're loving them. And that takes a lot more work than just working and making videos on YouTube or something. But uh, So for you, when you first got into it, so you opened one salon and then you got two salons. Were you doing anything else? Yeah. Were you at that point? just committed like I'm just gonna build a chain of salons and go that route well I feel like the pandemic when I got shut down because I was still a full-time lash artist before the pandemic I had six girls on my team and it was insane I didn't have any back end help I thought I could do it all do everything and I didn't realize I was burning myself out until I had to close for two and a half months because Boise opened I mean we were only shut down for two and a half months thank god yeah you guys had easy (laughs) yeah so easy and then like it's like a free-for-all there now which is nice because it feels normal yeah but when i reopened our boise location i didn't even have the meridian location yet it got shut down and they weren't going to reopen boise but they were going to open up meridian and other cities so i'm like i might as well expand i have the team we have the clients and so we decided to expand but then i realized i'm like there's more than just this though and i love helping my team grow But what I love more is helping like lash artists grow from the bottom up because I didn't really have anyone to do that for me. I just thought that I could do it all. And I feel like we all feel like we can do it all, all the time. And we can't. Yeah. I don't know if it's about uh, being naive because like when you first get into it, like you think, you know, I can do this. Like I remember thinking like I can take all the clients of the world. Like, yes. um, you know, my body is a machine. I can, you know, I'll 17, you know, I can do 10 people. I can do 11 people. If it, if it happens, you know, if the need arises, I can do it. But it's like, oh no, I tried that. And I think we all try it. Yes. We all try to do it all. And it's too costly. Yes, it is. And I think the thing is that people think, well, I'm saving money. So that's yes. how I'm going to grow. But the truth is, I mean, it's, you can maybe share about this with your experience. It sounds like you've had to confront this. You realize you're not going to be able to do it all yourself. So you can't save the money. So you're going to have to start spending some money to bring other people in, right? Yes. And so share like how that what worked out for you, at yeah. least so far. I mean, it sounds like it's been the last year or so. Yeah, just the last year. I feel like my whole business did 180. Like I restructured literally everything and how I even work. I realized that I was just overworking myself where it was hard for me to even like expand because I had no time or no room 
So I hired on back-end teams, I hired on my virtual assistants, my managers, and they do a lot of the stuff for me, even though I'm paying them, and that's like me giving them the money that could be in my pocket. I have more free time now, and I feel like I'm actually finding a work-life balance where most of us just take clients all day around the clock, and we don't realize that, okay, what if we restructure this where we could actually, you know, still make good money but not overwork ourselves? And even if you want to expand your business and have employees, like, you still need time for that. Like, I feel like people don't understand that, okay, I can take clients, but then you still have to work on the business. Yeah. Like, you still have to, like, the business isn't going to work on itself. (laughs) I think the number one thing people don't realize, and this is a temptation when you start working as last artists, because you don't understand your numbers, so you just go ahead and hire people, but you realize, I can't pull myself off the floor. In fact, we tried this, like, 10 years ago, Tess. We started pulling off the floor. All of a sudden, we couldn't pay the bills. Yes. Like, oh like, where did it go? Right. We didn't even like connect the dots. We're like, what is happening? Why do we not have any money in the bank? We're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm not working. Like yeah. the money doesn't just like magically appear. Even with all your staff, you gotta know your numbers and how it breaks down and how you pay people and where it all goes. Otherwise, yes. and I can't we're not gonna break that down now, but it, it, it will it will totally destroy. And then you learn this less like, oh, I can never go out of the room. And that's not good either, because if you no. spend the rest of your life working in the room and managing a team, those yes. are two full-time jobs, by the way. Yes. And, and you're not going to be able to grow your business. You're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get to the next level. And I think a lot of people don't know that. You know what? I actually think this more now, and maybe you can share about this. Is it worth making maybe a little less money but have your sanity and have more time yes. than say, oh, it's all the money's for me, and yet you're literally working 80, 100 hours a week? I feel like people think that their success is going to happen the first one or two years in business. Yeah. And when you're building a brand, it's for life. Like, yeah. if you're in it for short-term, like, profit, it's not going to happen. And yeah. your first three years in business, your profit is fucking out the door. Yeah. Like, it... Yeah. So I would rather pay people to employ them, to help them with the vision, because I'm not building it for the next year. I'm building it for the next 10 years. There you go. And that's the mindset where it's like, this is not instant. This is not overnight. Even getting to six figures, you know, as a solo entrepreneur or even, yeah. you know, having people underneath you like that, just you have to have the systems in order to grow your business and to expand it so Got that it. it can hold that expansion. Now, that's. Go ahead, Tess. Well, I was going to say that I also think that there's a missing component there. It's this understanding that it takes work. Like, you're in it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this actually takes blood, sweat, and tears. It's not just going to happen. And it's like coaching yourself from that moment to be like, okay, I have to stay in it and see this thing through. I guess a hallmark of youth is that thinking that everything should come easy. Yes. When you don't know what you don't know, that's just kind of what your mindset is. I mean, that I mean, it's a confession because that's what we were thinking. Like, you yeah. open your door, you're successful, you know, and it, it should just happen. And then when things happen that are discouraging or take uh, grit to bounce back from, I was turning to Paul and asking, why is this so hard? And he's like... This is life. This is business. This is the game. This is what yes. we signed up for. So it's like, do you have the temerity to hang in there? Yeah. You, you know, can you? And, and so part of it is that you have just, you've stuck in there. You've pivoted when you needed to. And you've kind of let things grow organically. You've let your skills build on, on each other. Is there any advice that you could give to our listeners that would be help them in that moment? Like when they're like hitting a wall, they're thinking that things should be easier than they are. Maybe they're finding it surprising that it's hard. Can you speak to that moment, like how they can pivot so that they can stay in it and stay encouraged? Yes. When I'm in the moment where I'm feeling overwhelmed or overworked or I'm like, 
you know what? I'm searching on Indeed. Like, I'm like, I can find another job. Like, I'm good <laughs> at that. Like, it's fine. I'll just sell the business. I have to realize and take a look at, okay, my family's healthy and happy. I'm paying my bills. I'm employing people. Like, my clients are happy. It's not just about me anymore when you're building a brand and a business. Yeah. And I have to step back and realize everything that I've built has a reason and a purpose. And my why is because I want to help others and serve others in business and in beauty because I feel like no one really talks about the business so much. So I have to come back to my why and realize, okay, I'm building this for a greater reason and today's just a hard day and that's okay yeah. because business is hard and it's like, it's not easy or else we would all be doing it. We'd yeah. all be like thriving and I would have a G-Wagon already. Uh -huh. Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you have to kind of coach yourself in that moment. Yes. Seeing the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. Reminding yourself the bigger plan. I know for us, we did the podcast for a year and a half without making a dime. Yeah. I, all my goal was at the time was to, I met Gary Vee, him saying he did the wine um library for like a year before anything happened now i didn't think we were going to become gary v i didn't have those ambitions yeah. i mean it'd be nice but i thought this is lashes it's not wine so it's not, <laughs> it doesn't have the same appeal but i still thought it's gonna take time and i'm thinking five ten year timelines i'm not thinking one two time year timelines i think for you especially being young is a lot of credit to you because i don't i think it's really difficult when you're young especially it's difficult no matter how old you are be patient just realize, man this is going to take time be planning, you know, like, and their Gary Vee thing is like, you have to be patient, but you got to work quick. You yes. got to be quick in the moment, right? You got to be like, make decisions quick, be decisive, yes. get things done. But man, be patient. Man, just be waiting, waiting, it's like waiting. long suffering patience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just know that, you know what? As long as the ball is moving forward a little bit every day, you're going in the right direction. It's like, okay, you know what? We, we, I did this today. I did that. I made a little extra money. Hey, I got this new opportunity. I got another meeting with this person. Yes. I got a new coaching client. Hey, we sold a little bit more product. Or, hey, this marketing idea worked a little bit more. Maybe sold this 5% more product. But no, it doesn't matter. Just move the ball forward a little bit every day. And you know what? Five years from now, you're going to look back and be like, holy mackerel, what did I do? It's, yes. it's amazing. But you got, it's that kind of mindset, I think, that you need to have when building business. And I think a lot of people get into lashes thinking, because it only takes two days to get your certificate, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, it was so quick to get in. Now I can make money, hopefully, just as quick. It's like, no, it's going to no. take you some time. Yes, exactly. I know with you, with your coaching clients, um, do you find a, a certain sense of um, impatience ever or hoping things move quicker? Or what are some of the things that they struggle with as they get into the lash industry? That's like the, so I coach not just lash um, artists, but like throughout beauty, beauty cosmetologists. Yeah. yeah, and all of them, honestly... They realize that it just doesn't happen like that. And I have to tell them, I've been doing this for four and a half years, and I this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, and, like, we've been coaching for however many weeks. Like, you can't just change your whole business. It's like working out. If you go to the gym, you yeah. know, for two weeks, you're not just going to have, like, a six-pack. Like, yeah. it's going to take well, a while. Well, I, I did. I was very <laughs> unique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, I just put a beer on my stomach and said, here's my six-pack. Um, that's so lame. I'm, I, that's not even worth it being a no, joke. I, it's like such a groaner. I, apologize. I can't even. I like, apologize. I'm so sorry, you guys. Just in fact, does everyone envision me right now with a six-pack? I am. I am. It's like SpongeBob when he's like all buffed out. Like it's so yes. funny looking, right? Okay. Okay. Well, there. you know, I have um, um, an observation to make. And, and it, this is going to require a little bit of... Um, you diving deep into your own brain because Ooh, the yes. answer is in your own brain, right? And and I want you to pull it out for everyone to see. So um, it's kind of gross, bloody. Stop no. it. Okay, so we talk to a lot of people, and there's a lot of people in the industry, and you know there are a handful of people 
um, that you just know are go-getters and they're marked by their accomplishments and their youth, right? Um, Shelby from Lash Boss Radio is another gal that comes to my mind who's quite accomplished at a very young age. Lana from Lux Uncut, you are, are, are in that category um, because it's like you, you're pivoting, you're moving, you're, you're changing as you go, but every step along the way, you are increasing your skills, you are, you're taking it on the chin, you're not sitting down, and you have this tenacity to stick with it. I guess the question is, what is in you that gives you that skill, that ability to say, hey, I can do this? I mean, you just say, I can do this, and you go and you do it, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, there she did it, and she's so young. So can you give us, is it like how you grew up? Is it how you think? Is it like your family? What is it? Or, yeah, yeah, sugar daddy. <laughs> like there's something I wish Vegas is so expensive oh my god yeah <laughs> I know right there's something about you that you have this this je ne sais quoi that some other people have it too but like what is it yes I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like I want to say that fear doesn't scare me as much as it did because I almost failed high school I had a lot of people tell me that oh you're not going to succeed in life my family, they're super supportive, but, you know, they're like, if you don't get good grades, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. And I had a lot of people telling me that you're too young, you're too dumb, and you can't do this. And it got so, I got so pissed off that I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to prove gonna all you wrong. I'm going to prove all you wrong. So I think that's what lights me up because I want to show people that even though you don't have a 4.0 or maybe you didn't grow up with money, you can still do this. And you're going to fail. But you have to get back up because the failures are just so small. Like the successes, even if you help one person a day or one client, you still help them. You're still yeah. part of that journey and their life. And that's what drives me is even if I help one person a day, that's what gives me soul. And failing, you do it all the time. We're human. Like, let's make it normal. You're going to fail. It's business. Yeah, but you're able to bounce back from that. And it's so surprising that that's your answer. Because I would have thought to me, you would have told me, Tessany, my family was, like, amazing. They totally supported everything that I, you know, did. I didn't think that I could fail. But to hear you think that, you know, it was high school was a struggle for you. You thought you were dumb. Or, you know, you thought you couldn't do it. Or, you know, to hear that it's the opposite, it's like... You know, that you're like, I'm going to show you. I think, you know? I think it's kind of cool because I think a lot of people grow up in high school, elementary, whatever, and they think this is the real world. This is how life is. And it's nothing like the real world. And you can be so successful outside that. Like, Tessany, she went to college, what, for a year or two? I mean, didn't. Well, I went to FIDM and yeah. then I, I didn't finish the program. And then I went to City College and I didn't really, you know, get a certificate or I didn't even do enough to get my AA. And, and here I am thinking, you know, technically I'm like not educated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, you know, I can learn. I can understand this. But you're stuff. a lifelong learner. You love to read. You love to watch. She loves documentaries. She knows a lot of obscure things. <laughs> uh, she, she's amazing and she's super smart. But yes. it just did fit in the school, traditional school sense. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this, with the age of, we're kind of the age of the entrepreneur now, where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. But I think yeah. it's been a gift to a lot of people like you who, you know what, school just wasn't your wiring. It just wasn't mm -hmm. your gift. And you know what, but you're still smart. You're still capable. Yes. You're just not the type of person who's going to sit in a room and listen to a lecture for an hour Ooh. and take notes and then get tested on how well you memorize those notes. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that's not real life. It's not. So. And the funniest thing is I used to work for a salon and I worked there for two months. 
<laughs> and they fired me. Oh, no. And this was, like, before beauty school and everything. Okay. And they fired me. And they're like, you have an A-plus attitude, but, like, a C-minus in booking. We have to let you go. <laughs> oh, Next no. thing you know, I have a salon. And I'm like, oh, really? That C-minus really did me well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter what other people think or what they do. Just do what you want to do and what you love. And then you want to, when I got into lashes, it was like, okay, this isn't about me. Like, it's never been about me. I just want to spread all the love and to tell, like, my younger self and other people who feel this way of, you know, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, my family to support me. Just do it. What if you do fail? But what if you succeed? What if you reach your dreams? Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, actually, one of my big early motivators, uh, creative-wise, mm-hmm. was uh, my mother as an artist. And as she was trying to teach me how to do things, like certain things like sewing and stuff, she'd say, well, you can't do it that way. You know, you're not supposed to do it that way. And I'd be like, I'll show you. What do you mean you, you can't do it that way? I'll show you. I can do it. You know, it was like, that was my motivation. If somebody said, no, you can't, I was like, oh, yes, I can. Yes, I oh, can. That used oh, to be yes, normal. I, I, had, I had to be careful around her when we were <laughs> young. Not to say no to her on something because you can't do that. She like that's one thing but, um, I am going to do now. That's oh, like yeah. fire. I mean, now that I, I'm older, I've mellowed out a little bit. I don't have like such an axe to grind. But I mean, that's kind of like you know gas on my fire, right? Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah. So for you, um, looking back at your first four and a half years, what's probably been one of the most difficult things that you've had to overcome or work through to get to you where you are now? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> like which part of the business? Okay, well, let's let's go with salon first, because that's probably where most people are working in the salon world. Either want to have a business, Mm -hmm. work for themselves, or they want to one day hire someone. Let's deal with that, because I bet you that's probably the majority of our audience is where they're I feel like, for a lot of people, we serve our clients, and we're people pleasers. You know, we want to make them happy. Where I feel like I didn't have boundaries in my business, so I let people walk all over me, and it burnt me out. And my clients, you know, and I didn't know better. I'm like, whatever, I need clients, like, so I got to make them happy. So I feel like the number one biggest advice I can give you guys is create boundaries for yourself, especially whether you're starting off or say you're five years deep into this and you got employees and artists and whatever, like, still have those boundaries and boundaries with you and your team and you and your clients and have you time, like, still live your life and create your business. You can do it all, but... Stop people-pleasing. Oh, that's really hard. That's so hard. I actually realized one of the things that we did when we hired staff, we did this thing called a DISC profile. And the DISC profile reveals a little bit of your wiring, how you see things. We found that S's were, I don't know if you're familiar with DISC, but S's were people are people-pleasers. They like to make other people happy. They don't like me on stage. They want to be up front. And we found they actually were the best type of staff to have for just working if you want them to be a last stylist. A service provider. Service provider. Yes. Because you do want them to be those people pleasers. And what I liked about it, though, for our business is that we created the boundaries for them because, like we said, look, when you're done at 3 o'clock, because we had two shifts, the morning uh-huh. shift and the evening shift, you're done. Like, yeah. we will do I mean, initially we weren't good at this, but we eventually we said, we won't call you. We're not going to text you. We're not going to bother you about anything. We want you to be able to go home, enjoy your life, and then you'll come back and your books will be full the next day. And I wanted to have that for them. But our problem is that we weren't so good for ourselves. No. We we opened at 7 a.m. So I'd be there at 6.30 and we'd be there some nights till midnight. (laughs) It was like crazy. Did you sleep at all? Not much. You did not sleep. (laughs) I probably slept on, during the last probably six years, I was sleeping on average four hours a night. It's not good. No. No. It's like helps the cancer cells grow. Well, I I got cancer, so I got got prostate cancer. So we're managing it. It's it's good. It's been great. No, I I, because I now sleep a lot more and we eat 
green shakes. <laughs> but that said, hey, there's Kayla. Kayla just walked by. Hey, man. <laughs> well, that's very cool. And what else? Um, as far as coaching clients, mm-hmm. what do you feel like is their biggest pain point? Is it boundaries or are there other issues that they deal with that you, you see a common problem theme amongst all your, your people that you work with in business and all that? I think it's more mindset, honestly. Mindset. I think it's mindset because the strategies are there. There's a road. I customize every roadmap for each of my client to get them to six figures, to have multiple streams of revenue. And they get that. But yeah. it's just a mindset to go through that and to know that the road never ends in business. Like you think, Never arrive. Yes. You never yeah. get to that place. So like, oh, I'm done. Yes, this is a lifetime game, kind of like golf, you know, like you're not just going to be good at it within the next year. Like it's going to take a while and then cultivate. Yes. And then you're going to change as an entrepreneur and as a leader too. For me, it feels like every quarter, like I'm a new person, a new leader because I'm growing so much. That's how it should be. And your business shouldn't be the same as you started it like a year ago. It changes. it, It changes and be okay with change. So mindset. No, I think that's it's important because I think a lot of people think if I just learn the tools of what I need to do, it's done. I'm going to be a success. And there's so many coaches now. There's so many programs. Yes. There's so much ways to success. Mm-hmm. But most people don't do it. Most people are still in the daily grind, doing what they're doing, hoping one day to get to where they want to be. And I think you're right. I think the biggest difference for those people is stop talking and start doing but that's going to take a mindset to get you to that. Yes. You to and like think. put your blinders on. Stop comparing your business to someone else's. Yeah. Stop like consuming all this content. It's not healthy for you. Oh, that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. That's Don't the hardest. Compare. Yes. When you're, you got to coach yourself out of that pit that you fall in when you're looking at like all the content and you're judging yourself on other people's outsides. Yeah. Yes. Because you don't know what they're doing or how long it took or how they did it. Yeah. I've learned as I've gotten to know a lot of the major brands and the owners and all that. And I start talking to them about stuff and I realize they don't know anything I'm talking about. They have no idea what's going on in the industry. Not, I mean, they know the big macro stuff like volume lashes, like, but they yeah. don't know the daily dramas or the yes. little things. Like, they don't have time for that. They're like, I'm building my multi-million dollar business. I don't have time to worry about this XYZ lash company that doesn't like me. Yes. Or I don't care if blah, blah, blah came with this new idea. I, we're making our own ideas. We're doing our own things. So I'm not waiting for others to get permission to move forward. I'm just going to build my business. And I think that's something where people consume way too much and need to be producing more and more and just, bam, put the Instagram or put an alarm on it. Like, you got 30 minutes a day. That's it. Then take the extra two hours that usually wasted and build your business. Yes. You know? And start doing it. And yeah. so, like, and I feel like when I'm consuming, I'm just comparing. And then I get such in, like, a negative zone where I'm like, uh, I'm like, they're doing so much and it's going to take me forever. I don't want to do it, you know? <laughs> I always call the Instagram the envy machine. Yes. I feel like if you use it poorly, it, it makes your life, your quality of life goes down. It goes way down. I know, Tuss, you, you stay off it now, right? You're not that I'm not used. on it that much, now. Every time she's gone on it, she's like, oh, I just feel miserable after an hour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's, I mean, as much as I, I like people to consume our media, yeah. at the same time, I'd rather people not do that at the, their own expense of their own happiness. Well, you have to just be very cognizant of what your thinking is. You have to be very disciplined in your thoughts, you know, in, and not just to mindlessly consume it and go where the advertising wants you to take. I mean, yes. yeah. I am such a sucker for every Instagram ad. He's going flipping through Instagram. I'm like, I wanted to see that. He's like, Tessa, it was an ad. I'm like, I don't care. It's like I buy all this stuff from Instagram. Amazon, yeah, we get a lot of stuff in the mail from Amazon. You're just like, what did I order? I know, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, anyhow, we are short, a little bit short on time today. But that all said, thank you so much oh, for course. stopping by. We'll thank have, you guys. And we'll be on your show later today. Yes. And uh, we'll have to have you back on when we actually have a, a little, uh, hopefully people can hear us okay. <laughs> it's kind of loud in here. Helena's going to be um, at LashCon. Yes. And, she, you know, we've got a couple events. and you- I forget. Are you going to be there for both your Lash product and your coaching? or, or both. both. I think okay. I'm going to do both. Okay. I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I don't want to get two booths. I'm like, having the two companies, I'm yeah. like, both have different visions. Yeah. But I think we'll show up as fairy tale Lashes, and then I'll still be there as Helena Meets Business. Very so. cool. So, yeah, yeah, well, where can people find you on Instagram, social media, and all that? So Helena Means Business on Instagram um, and then Fairytale Lash Line on Instagram too. Those are my two companies. Yeah. All the coachings on Helena Means Business and all the lash stuff is yeah. on Fairytale Lashes. And I remember we actually talked, I think, two years ago. Yeah. You were, she almost, oh, did you come to LashCon 2019? Yeah. You, yeah, you were there. But I remember you were even thinking about sponsoring back then. I, I remember, I didn't realize that until recently. I looked back and went, Oh, oh my right. gosh! I, know. Yes. I was like, "Wow, this yeah. is her." Yeah. I was such a baby company back. I was. I look back. I'm like, "Oh, such a baby, my little yeah. company." And I I'm know. like, "Yeah, let's do it." It's like you can do that picture, how it started, or yes. how it began, yeah. and where I am now, how it's going, <laughs> the before yeah. and after. Exactly. So very cool. Well, thanks so much for Thank coming on. Thank you so much. That's it, guys. That's a wrap. We are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember, subscribe, share, and review, and get your ticket today for Lashcon, guys. You do not want to miss it. It is the last event of the year. We have over 400 people coming, and I think we're going to get around 500. So it's going to be amazing. On behalf of my last puppy, Tustney, as well as our special guest, Helena, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 